Hey guys, brand new podcast, and today I'm with uh, British comedian Russell Howard. We have a great conversation. This was done when we were done in London. When we were in London, we went to a pub, we went upstairs, and we had a great talk. He is a dude, I saw his special lubricant. I was blown away, because, and I bring this up in the podcast, you'll hear us talk about this, but he talks about the pandemic, and he does it in a way I've never really heard a comic do it, which immediately when I saw that, I got, I got, I got pulled in. I was like, this, I want to see more of this guy. And so we scheduled a podcast upstairs at a pub. We had a great conversation. We talked about family. We talked about uh, funerals. We talked about, it, it, it's, and then we, we really, really deep dive about the process of stories and family members and how you get into stories. It's, it's a great hang. It is a great hang, a great podcast. And we talk about uh, me writing for my daughter, Georgia, and what I'm going through with her going to college and, and, uh, so funny, he goes, she's your Jiminy Cricket. And I've heard Jiminy Cricket, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was in Pinocchio. Did you know that, guys? Jiminy Cricket? I didn't know that. I just thought it was something you said when you, you found your keys. You're like, Jiminy Cricket, I found my keys. Check out his special on Netflix, Lubricant. I think he's got two. I think he's got Lubricant and another one. He also has a, a show in the UK that's wildly popular. He's a fantastic dude. Uh, further, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, stand-up comedian. British dude, my friend, Russell Howard. This is the Oh, wow. How's the UK? Are we, are we in there, like, not a chat? No, we didn't chat. No, we'll chat on, on camera. How's it been? It's been, uh, are you rolling, Manzi? Okay, now look at this. Yeah. No, no, why? All the good stuff. That's all the good stuff. We used to do that on Rogan back in the day. Is you'd sit and catch up, and then and then he'd do ad reads, and you'd want to talk during the ad reads, yeah. and then you'd Literally. miss all the good shit, and yeah. then all of a sudden you go, "All right, you ready?" And you're like, "I just shared all the fun shit." But you haven't even. You probably haven't even adjusted your ass yet. Like, no, you literally just wanted it. Oh, it's dude. We when we do it at my house. Are you rolling on all cameras, Manzi? <laughs> Fucking great. When you do it in my house, yeah. I turn the cameras on before they show up. Right. Because that's when all the good shit happens. Yeah. I, mean, I I edit out the gossip. We gossip. Right. Right. Me and Segura, like when we do two bears. Yeah. Man, we would have. We our podcast does pretty well, but it would be. Yeah. The biggest podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the fucking world if we played for that first fucking five minutes. Can you not have code names? No. Yeah, well, there, there's a name I edit out right. every show because yeah. people will spring him up and I just edit him out because I know that he'd love if we said his name. Right. Like he's someone, when if he heard his name in podcast, he'd be like, his do you know? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know him, but I know, I know of him, and I know he's mates with Jimmy. He, Jimmy Carr's a good mate of mine. Oh yeah, yeah. Jimmy Carr is uh, Jimmy Carr's an interesting dude. Um, me and Skr back when we were younger and we weren't like uh, we were just kind of trying to figure out things. We were doing a show and Jimmy Carr stopped by to do a, a guest set. Yeah, and and I was like, oh cool, he must be really hustling. And Segura pulls up his net worth and he goes, he does he need to? Yeah, yeah, right. And I went, wait, what? Yeah, and he, but does he need to? Yeah. Or does he need to? Yeah. But therein lies the pickle. Do you know what I mean? It's that fascinating thing. The further you get on, you don't need to. But you need to. Well, I think it. I actually feel like I need to more now than now now more than ever because I feel like I feel like I feel people biting at my heels. Right. You know, like I feel the younger generation coming up. I've never felt that ever before. But I watch dudes murder it, and I'm talking on every level. They go on a podcast 
And I mean, I, I used to be so fucking funny. Yeah. Like I used to be so now I'm, I feel like all I do is talk about marketing and fucking how to sell tickets and how to fucking promote show. Like, I feel like I used to be, I used to go on, I remember going on a podcast one time, someone was talking about weight loss. I said, like, my dad's putting pregnant woman's piss under his tongue. Wow. So, yeah. And, like immediately in podcasting, you're like, whoa, tell and, me that story. And did they know? No, he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I just want to know how you go about that. It was a weight loss program. Did it work? Ultimately, ultimately they were prescribing him speed. They were masking it in like a holistic way. But one of the things was one of the Fen-Fens. Do you remember Fen-Fen? No. Fen-Fen was an amazing drug. It was, it was uh, like Prozac, yeah. for lack of better terms, like a mood stabilizer and amphetamine. Right. So you felt amazing and you felt amazing. Yeah. And so they were giving my dad the amphetamine. Where's the pregnant woman's piss? It was part of the holistic. So they, they were tricking him and going like, but also take this pill. The pregnant women's piss. You're gonna take these things. I need you on a cal- diet. Like it was like a it was a scam. It was a scam. But the, surely the, the the PP is the red flag. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. He was eating 600 calories a day. Fuck. And is he a big lad? No, he was my size when he started. Now he's like two two hundred pounds. He looks great. But it, but I mean it, over the time he lost the weight. And he would give me he gave me one of the pills over Easter. And I, the second it kicked in, I go, we're doing speed, Dad. Right. Like, this is, he goes, no, buddy, it's doctor prescribed. I'm telling you, you barely eat anything. And I go, yeah. yeah. I go, Dad, <laughs> do you have a lot of good business ideas? And he's like, I, all day long. He goes, buddy, I sit down at my desk and I just start working. I don't get up until three in the afternoon. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. You know who else did that, Dad? Hitler. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Carr, I remember watching him hustle and going you know you ever heard the book what what makes sammy run no it's a big hollywood book about agents and assistant agents mm-hmm. and uh one of the assistant agents was named sammy and he'd run down the hall to get the mail and they're like what makes sammy run it's that right just that desire yeah but also this this thing about like being an english comic being in the states it's like being a cool open spot again do you know what i mean like in terms of suddenly you're young and nobody knows you've ever done it before and then you're fucking great do you know what i mean it's that that is that is that is we call that the uh the proverbial catbird seat the fabled catbird that is the fucking place to be that is the place because i have to say this again on camera you are funny as fucking shit you did stuff in the last special i just saw i think you released it in 2022 yeah you did stuff in there that i would have slammed an any comic for doing and but you did it so well really what's that uh, immediately i immediately you opened with not covid material you opened with pandemic material yeah which is so different like so so many people had covid jokes yeah but you had pandemic you, you, what you did, I, I'm, I'm, I don't need to tell you what you did. You know what you did. But you made it like we were talking about high school instead of talking about the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. You did it. You reminded me of things I hadn't thought of without making it feel um, dated. Right, yeah. It was really fucking br- – I'm telling you, I, I, like, and I, I am very critical of people's – I'm very critical of ours. yeah. I loved it, and oh, you have so, and your 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 comedy is so thick. I mean, you have so much material layered into material, yeah. layered into material with, and I love callbacks. I fucking love callbacks. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's interesting to me is um, 
your joke, your laugh per per minute yeah. is through the fucking roof. Yeah, I just kind of, I don't know. It's it's sort of that. I just really like making people laugh. I also the thing about the pandemic. I think because there was so many, there were so many funny things inside it that, like for example, the biggest selling record during the pandemic was wet ass pussy. Yeah, which is so funny in the future. Just the idea that people are genuinely going to go. So people were dying. And they were singing about drizzly growlers. That's drizzly. But but like as in it's so it's so funny, but it's also so weirdly human. So that means that people must have been at home chopping up food, yeah, singing along to wet ass pussy. Like so, this this whole kind of sort of backdrop to that. that when you brought that up, I I thought my one of my favorite moments of the pandemic was when my girls played that in the car. <laughs> For my mom, for my wife, right? And my wife is is uh, is a square. She's like she's not. She's like a square. She's like she's she doesn't laugh at wet ass pussy. Is she a square in relation to you? Uh, Who, I mean, you're 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 yeah. completely oblong. Yeah. Let's so when they her. played wet ass pussy, I started laughing hysterically, yeah. and Leanne's like, "What is this? No, no, we're not. Let, no, get, turn this off. We're not, girl. Isla, Isla, Isla. Like that was Leanne. So is your wife sort of? Because I've seen her, I've watched her social media, and I don't think she is a square. I think she's, she's she seems so giddy to be around a fucking maniac. Yeah, and the, <laughs> but, the, but there's something quite nice about that, eh? Yeah. That that do you think that you're her? Do you think all her mania is wrapped up in you, so she can just get on and do her day? She doesn't. She's not allowed. She's not allowed a lot of space behind the boat, is what she says. Right. She goes. You cast a very large wake. Yeah. So I can, if I can find my space, I can. What's crazy is when she gets drunk, you see a difference. You see the, the side of her, the the, the side of her that would like have sex in a field, like that kind of part of yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? But so when you do your when you yeah, right. <laughs> So when you when you work on your hour, yeah, and and I would I would I would say, from my tour here, yeah, you have. I don't know the right way to say this. My shows were fucking insane asylums. Mm. Like they were ole 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 yeah. ole. I mean, it was almost like a fucking soccer or a football match. Yeah, and I watched your set. And I was jealous. I was like, wow, man, they're like your your audience is trained. Like they're like. They're like here, here, ah, oh, huh? ah, like. But it's funny because I used to do like when I first started, all I did was banter, so like crowd work. That yeah. was just so constantly, and then I kind of, kind of got through that, and now I'm obsessed with material. And like honestly, when I was a kid, just just nothing. But I don't know. It's just the way the brain. My like you were in Amsterdam recently. Yeah. So when I did Amsterdam, I just I was there with my wife, and we just walked around for like two days, and then when I did the show. I kind of had all this stuff mm -hmm. that that kind of came out perfectly, but I, it can never be funny again. Yeah. That's why, you know, like I was in, so everywhere you see, it says live porno show. Yeah. Like all over, like like where a load of tourists go to watch porno. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to be a prude, but when I watch porno, the last thing I'm thinking is I could do with company. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know how you do it, but I'm not a chatter. Yeah. But it's just the idea of like, that's it's cold, isn't it? But so it's like this, <laughs> but there's, three jokes there it's almost like i've become like a robot yeah in terms of da 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 and then on you know i kind of i don't know i just it's the only thing i can do yeah is, is stand up so when you do when you worked on this hour yeah and i'm curious because I, I know my process is is less of organizational and more of discoverable like meaning right. i'm certain a better comic than me could watch my hour over a weekend yeah and real quick go 
Oh, I can write your the hour that you'll be doing in 18 months. I can just show you what it's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. But like when you write, I'm curious, and I've never been curious about this, but your hour is so fucking thick. Like it's just, there's it is, it is absolutely, um, I mean, hilarious beginning to end. When you work on an hour, do you write a lot of it? Yeah. Um, no, I sort of, I, I kind of have bullet points. So yeah. I make bullet points and then figure it out when I go on stage. So I'll like go to... There's a brilliant club that you have to do in the UK called Top Secret Comedy. Mm -hmm. um, so I go there, do sort of 20 minutes. I'm doing that at the minute for my next show and just try bits out and, you know, and then sort of things talk, you know, just little phrases. I've got a good memory so I can kind of recall it yeah. and then put it into sort of a shape. But even, but also when you do a special, I kind of like the idea of trying to make it for the people at home. Whereas, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, whereas, yeah, no, no, that's, that, but that's what I'm that's saying. my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing anyone's ever said on my podcast ever, because so many people make it for the people in the room. Yeah. But it's so, but clearly what you're doing, you're doing that thing on, on tour. You're clearly like this amazing, like Barnum and Bailey circus master that kind of creates this, this fucking night and nobody can remember anything about it. And that's worth so much. Yeah. But I mean that as a compliment. No, no, I mean, no, like right, there, no. there's a sort of clearly, you know, I've seen like, I've seen your special, I've seen the footage, the audience are going, they're as excited as you are. It's a happening, particularly after the last two years when we've been robbed of togetherness. But comedy specials now are just, they're not for the room. Like you said, they're not for the room. So it's that thing of how do you get it to the sofa? Mm -hmm. And it has to be through, it doesn't have to be, but it's through sort of density or just being calm. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at like Carlin, he talks to you you know, from the seventies, Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of, but, but it means as a, like when I did that special, like so when I actually did the show, I was kind of stood still for like the first 10 minutes, which I never have done, but in a sort of real conscious effort to kind of be still so that someone at home isn't like, someone needs to stop that fucking thing moving. Yeah. You know, it's sort of just trying to think about it in a different way, but. I did, I, one of the things I did, I, I it's interesting you say that because I have a very hard time but you've done a gig on a cruise boat. I've done everything. Yeah, but I've, that yeah. is like to me, that is the most terrifying thing because it's if it, like my brain instantly goes, if it goes badly, then you see them at the buffet. Oh, no. no, but do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. there's a story about a comic who yeah, I can't say his name, but he was doing a cruise um and it went so badly. They fucking helicoptered him off. Was it Ralphie May? It wasn't. Because it, no, it what happened, a, that happened to Ralphie May too. Ralphie May did an all black cruise. Right. The, the like Ricky Smile, or not, it was uh, one of the biggest black radio shows in America. Yeah. Sold out. Yeah. Opening joke. Man, I haven't seen this many black people on a boat since the Amistad. Right. Pulled him off stage. Couldn't leave his room. People didn't, people did not find him funny and they had to fly him out in the Bahamas, fly him home. But in my mind, it's like, that's the word. It's just like, you're halfway through the gig and you just yeah. hear, and just the ladder comes down and you just got to hook away. But I've, done so many, I've done so many, no, I've done so many, what I think people would consider hell gigs, meaning, mm. so during the pandemic, I did a tour. Uh, I created a tour at drive-in movie theaters. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And, and, and trust me when I say it was, uh, it, the first one I did my hour that I had an hour I did it in thirty five minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and so like I but I've done so many that I, now almost I it's I find it hard 
to be put in a weird situation. Yeah. My challenge, and it's interesting because I, I just recorded my hour in November. Oh, my where new, about my new special, uh, Omaha. Oh wow. Yeah. Is who's that for? Netflix. Oh, amazing. And so, um, my challenge is is not right before the special, and it's not right when I get all the material. It's this middle ground where I have to turn this circus, this fucking chaotic event into a show that is presentable on a streamer mm. where it is material only it is meant for the people at home <clears throat> right before i'm about to do it like right before i'm about to tape those shows are amazing but that middle ground where i haven't really i haven't really figured out all the jokes i haven't figured out everything mm. and i'm and i and i need to focus and slow things down that's where i, I get in trouble like like Eight months, 12 months onto my tour. Yeah. <clears throat> That's tough for me. But, and how, how was it? You just work through that and it's great, right? Yeah, you, you just work through it. And, it's, and I think sometimes, like, you know, there's a, you know, there's a better outcome. Like, I know, like, I had a joke about go, uh, my family going to an escape room. I, I mean, I tell predominantly stories. Yeah, yeah, so, I know, yeah. yeah so, um, so for me, I, I, like, if I can get, if I can get an end of a story, I can get a story very quickly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But getting true. the end sometimes is the hardest part. And I had yeah. one story that I had no ending to. Yeah. I had no ending to. Yeah. And I couldn't remember. I didn't remember the story at all. My mm. sister, my daughter brought up the story. And I had to ask them. And then, and then there's everyone had a different recollection of it. And then and so there was a solid four months of telling that story where I was trying different endings. Yeah. And then I finally found it. And then once I found it, then I could skinny up all the other things. Yeah, yeah. But that's the majesty of stand-up, eh? That you just, sometimes you've just got a, uh, because the audience, don't they don't really know. It's just like, funny, 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 funny. Okay, right. Then yeah. you drift into something else. But your brain is like, cosmically, something is going to arrive. I have, I have different, I have, I have, I don't know if this is accurate, but I would have what I would consider like a, uh, sommelier's taste for comedy in mm, that mm. the thing that I don't think anyone gives a shit about is the funniest thing for me. Mm. Like my, my favorite line in your, in your special was my sister's crying. My brother's laughing. Yeah. yeah. And immediately I go, I want to meet this family. Yeah, I want to meet right. the mom, the mom, the yeah. dad. And then you go into the, but like I immediately I go, I have a friend, Mike young, who's got, it's my, one of my favorite jokes. And it's so, it's not, it's not a great joke. I mean, no offense, Mike, but it's, it's, he said, you ever remember that, you ever remember you'd do dirt as a kid and there was always one kid that was like way too, way too dirty. Like you already knew he was going to end up in jail. Yeah. And he was like, you'd be like, man, we should go TP Brenda's house. And he's like, yeah. And then we should get kidnap her fat dad. <laughs> and like, but like those, those jokes yeah. where it, you tell, it tells you so much off of Mate, something that you're leaving on the plate. Absolutely. But it's uh, but also the phrase of that is we should, we should kidnap his fat dad is so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like the sound of it. Yeah. The, the, I love those jokes. Peter Kay is an English comic did a brilliant, I love those lines when you were transported. So he was on, he was in Vegas and uh, there was a sort of a bus full of uh, Northern people. You've just been in uh, Manchester. So bus full and the guy gets on and goes, okay, everybody, welcome to Vegas. How are you? It's going to be an amazing time. Any questions? And the bloke at the back went, yeah, you wearing eyeliner? And, <laughs> and you're, you're in the bus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. that somehow, yeah, you're wearing eyeliner. Bang. Yeah. Like, so that thing with that story, which is completely true that my dad killed a rabbit in front of us uh, and, it's and i so just great. but the reason why we were so the reason why me and daniel were laughing 
was because we had to clean that rabbit out. So even age nine and seven, even though it was my sister's rabbit, yeah. every Sunday we would have to kind of get rid of the, the paper and all the yeah. sort of, and I, don't, I vividly remember like my brother age seven, it was like our first adult moment. And it's like a movie where he sort of looked at me and he just puts the paper down and just goes, it's not even our rabbit. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, yeah, fucking tell me about, without any, without yeah. fucking tell me about it. I was like, Ah, it's just the way of the world. Yeah. And it, it sort of distilled down into that one line. But yeah, it's kind of like, I find my, my family sort of endlessly entertaining. And like particularly my, my brother just- so like, How old are you, the middle so, kid? Or I'm the, the oldest. oldest. Okay. So yeah, so they're twins, my, my sister and my brother. My sister's an actress. And um, yeah, kind of, you know, my brother works in IT. And nobody knows really what my brother does but he's quite famous in the world of comedy because he's been my brother for a while. Well, he's oh, been yeah, brother yeah. All my life. But everyone's known him. I've been doing stand-up since I was 20. So everyone's met him. You know, he's been like the kid, uh, you know, aged 18. How do you think that went, mate? You know, that yeah. kind of, I remember doing Newcastle Arena. There was like 7,000 people there. And my brother's like 25 at the time. And he just kind of walked on without even telling me. So it's like halfway through the gig, he just sort of sauntered on. I was like, you all right? And he just goes, yeah, he gives it. And genuinely went, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm his brother. I'm going out later. So if, if you sort of see like this, this level, if you see me around, then just come and say, <clears throat> come say hello. <laughs> and then just hands me the mic. But it, and then just wandered off. So he's kind of got balls of steel and he's so funny, but so like non-envious of my life. But yeah. Just a big part. Like he used to drive me to do open mics when I was a kid. So. Really? Yeah, we'd sort of drive. We've, so I remember doing a five-minute spot when I lived in Bristol, all the way to London. So he's been there every sort of step of the way. Where did but you guys grow up? A place called Bristol, um, which is in the West Country that I, you would love. I think I've done a show in Bristol. Yeah, uh, last year it was, I, I might have done. I think it might have been. I did uh, the one on the beach, which is Bath. Uh, not Bath. Bath is Bath. Western Superman. Where's the bottom? Where's the bottom? Cornwall. Bournemouth, I don't remember. Brighton, Brighton. I did Brighton, 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 yeah. and I did Bristol too, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like they're good cities, and but Bristol and the West Country was kind of where I'm from. There's like it's a lot of my uncles look like you. They've kind of got that kind of there's sort of twinkle in the eye. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? I remember one of my uncles. One of my earliest memories had a big pint of cider, and he was like, "I could drink three of these." kill you and not know I've done it like that and sort of downed it so I've always been surrounded by like this family that I found so interesting and they're so normal yeah. and they're still like e even though you know I've been doing stand-up for years and I've been on telly or whatever they're still my mates do you know what I mean yeah. so I can still <coughs> I, I still hang with them you know so I'll kind of like muck around my cousins and I find just just hanging out with them I find more interesting than hanging out with famous people because you know, my, my cousin, I can't say his name, but he, he has a shadow. So he basically goes, it's not me. It's the shadow. <laughs> I hope the shadow doesn't come out tonight. And sure enough, the shadow does come out. Yeah. Oh, no, this is, this is going to sound super, uh, almost like, like I've never, like, I, like you, it's going to sound like I read about England in a book, Yeah. but like, did you grow up in like a cottage with sheep around? Uh, 
No, I I grew up in like, like an apartment or a house. No, no, like, no in a house. So okay. I, I grew up in. So we had a a two up two down, which is so a two up two down is two two uh, rooms downstairs, two up sort of vibe. And then <laughs> my dad got a better job, and then we went to like a three bedroom house in, and we had a field outside our field. So that's kind of where. Um, yeah, and it, there, but there were sheep outside. So, yeah, but we didn't we, own the sheep. Yeah, but we, but it was kind of like a little sort of dull village. Um, that's, was like a pub in it. Yep. So it had four pubs, and we used to do a thing called the uh, the pram race once a year as a village, where everyone would get a pram, and you would have a partner. What's a pram? A pram is like you know where you put a kid, like a, a stroller. Stroller, stroller. Yeah, 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 yeah. So an old fashioned stroller. Somebody goes in it for a bit. You push him along. Um, and then you have to stop at a pub and down a pint, even if you're a child. And then you do, you have to stop at three pubs and then it's a two mile circuit where you put each other in a pram. And a lot of people got robbed on the day of the pram race because everyone was out. Oh yeah. 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 So it was. Do they still do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would love to do that. Mate, you'd love it. I think that would be one of my, that would be. That that's that. It sounds like how you get home. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we we've been driving through the English countryside. Yeah, all we we've been on a tour bus. Yeah, oh, and yeah. and we look and and it was maybe the best tour bus. I, I mean, I live on tour buses, but yeah. this is the best tour bus I've ever been on. Yeah, and because it had a double decker and it had a big window where you could look out, and we just sat and and so I've been fantasizing about what people's lives are like. Mm. And so, and then you drive through, and then you drive through London and you see like, I go, where, where do people live? Like we, like we're like, we're, and so, but where I'd want to live is a place that has a few pubs. It's a small town and you got a house and you got a lot of grass and some hills and, and, and pram races. That sounds fucking ideal. Did you wear a uniform to school? Yes. This is everything I wanted it to be. You didn't wear a uniform? Uh, No, we had, um. We had to wear a tie during yeah. the winter and then collared shirt during the and, and khaki, slacks like khakis or whatever. No, we had like I think is a proper so we'd have a thing called Mufti Day twice a year where you're allowed to wear whatever you want, and that was the worst day of the year because the self-appointed connoisseurs of fashion yeah. would criticize what you wore, and it yeah. was this moment where you realized that you were poor or unfashionable. Oh, wow. I remember um, having a pair of uh, Nike Air Jordans, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the coolest thing you can get when you're 11. Um, but I bought them off my friend's little brother um, for a fiver. And they were, it was two sizes too small for me. And I wore it to free dress day, Mufti day, because I knew that would give me, and I literally walked around like a fucking geisha. <laughs> just <laughs> so I wasn't kind of mocked. Yeah. By, so that, so weirdly, having a school uniform <coughs> was the best thing. Otherwise, you would just rinse. There was a kid at our school that used to go, every free dress day, he would go dressed as a jockey. And every, because he had no money, he yeah, just yeah, had a yeah. jockey costume. Yeah. And every year, it, you'd see him on the bus and you're like, mate, it's going to happen again. You've got to <laughs> just go with something other than a jockey. And sure enough, he'd rock up, get beaten up. God. You know. But Did it, you guys have money growing up? No. So we had... My dad got a better job aged, um, how old are we? Uh, when I was like 16, he kind of did quite well. And then, but it was sort of too late. So yeah, yeah I, we used to have the same clothes and my mum used to cut my hair. Really? Yeah, Is yeah. It, and you're rich now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. Like, but we can talk amongst yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm it? rich beyond my wildest dreams. In, yeah. my, in my world, yeah. 
but let alone, you know, the actual world, yeah. And my wife's a doctor and that's the no. most fucked up thing. Is she Indian? Is she Indian? Yeah. None of oh. I'm so attracted to Indian women. I'm so attracted to Indian women. I have right. no fucking idea. I never met really Indian women growing up. I grew up right. in Florida. Yeah. First time I ever met an Indian chick, uh, I was in New York and I was like just blown away. Mm. And, uh, but you know, obviously I married a, a fucking white chick, but but I just thought I'd throw that out there. I thought I was nailing him out of the park. Did you wear a uniform? Did you have a, yeah. have a cheap? And then, oh, is she Indian? She's, what kind of doctor? She's She works in elderly care and Ugh. acute medicine. So yeah, she's very busy during COVID. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of, um, but the point I was going to make, the absurdity is that, you know, I earn more money than her and she's a doctor. Think of all the important things she can do versus you and me, whose job is to sit and think yeah. and then say it later. <laughs> but that, do you know what I mean? Do you know the worst time is when she takes a day off work and watches what I do because <laughs> you just sort of sat there going, yeah, yeah, I'll say that later. Yeah. And that's it. Prices are skyrocketing in this country, including rent. I'm telling you right now, right now it's time to buy a home. And I only know that because my wife says so. I don't know anything about buying homes. I really don't know anything other than just stand up. Make this year the year that you stop renting and buy your first home. I highly recommend checking out the How to Buy a Home podcast now. This is the kind of podcast I go to. Buying a home can be overwhelming. The idea of it, so much so that you just go, ugh. Start listening to this podcast now and start getting the foundation blocks to build yourself your future. This is how you will maintain money for the rest of your life by buying a home. Host David Sedoni has years of experience helping first-time home buyers close on houses they thought were impossible, even as the housing market went bonkers. His How to Buy a Home podcast is a free resource that breaks down what you need to know to make buying a home a reality like. Do you really need to put 20% down? I put 20% down on my first house. I don't know what we, I don't, I don't even know. Will a mortgage be more than your current monthly rent? Oh, it shouldn't be because, I don't know what the answer, no, it says probably not. I know that because that's what Leanne said. She goes, honey, if we can't afford to pay for this house, we can't afford to live in LA. And we need to reassess what you're doing for a living. Do you need an 800 credit score? I don't even know what that is. David can guide you through the next steps that are right for you. He can even connect you with a great realtor in your town that works with first-time home buyers and actually cares about you. Start listening to How to Buy a Home podcast today at howtobuyahome.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a question? Ask David directly at howtobuyahome.com. Visit howtobuyahome.com and make this year the last year you rent. Support for our podcast today comes from True Classic. As a people-driven brand, True Classic believes that clothes you wear should make you feel confident and comfortable so you can show up as the best version of yourself every single day. How many times do you put on clothes and not feel like you're the best version of yourself? <laughs> That's every time I put on a shirt. If you look at me, on any show, when I raise my hand to the audience, my belly pops out. This is your one-stop shop for all your wardrobe essentials. Their shirts have a premium fit that's tighter on the shoulders and biceps for us jack dudes. That little extra boost of confidence. From t-shirts and polos to activewear, denims, button-downs, hoodies, joggers, boxer briefs, and everything in between. They have everything you need. Time to upgrade your wardrobe today. Buy clothes that make you feel confident. And these True Classic shirts are fantastic. They're soft, they're affordable, but they are tight on the arms, tight on the shoulders. So the best part of you shows out. And, I, and I've found that they've got a little more of a consistent fit with my belly. Companies have been overcharging their customers for years. True Classic sells premium clothings without a charge, without charging a premium price. High quality clothing 
shouldn't cost a fortune. You don't need to sacrifice comfort for style. Their products were created with signature soft fabric blends and contemporary cuts that fuse the two. It's more than a t-shirt company. You can run, train, and recover with their versatile performance essentials. Their activewear crewnecks have the same flattering fit as their classic tees, and their sweat-wicking and odor-controlling, so you can feel good about working out hard. Pair it with a quick, dry pair of shorts or joggers to complete the look. Get comfortable, get going, and upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code BERT. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100, 100% risk-free, guaranteed with a 30-day return policy. You can't go wrong. It's look good, feel good season. My daughters, um... How do you possibly tell your daughters to uh, not pursue the wild road that you're on? It's so funny. I it's very easy. I oh, really? yeah. I've, I've I have. I tell them it doesn't work out for everyone. Right. <laughs> I, I have a lot of friends. So do you. Yeah, um, yeah. That it didn't work out for that are very talented, mm-hmm. and you can hear everyone's speech about hard work, and and uh, <clears throat> and I, you just got to show up. You just got to do it every day and don't give up on your dreams. But I know a lot of guys that work hard that are very talented that it didn't work for. And some of them got in their own way. Mm-hmm. And some of them didn't know they were getting in their own way. And maybe I got in my own way that I didn't know. But I've, I know very. I know a lot of people. See, I was, I was very lucky <clears throat> that I didn't find uh, success in stand-up until I was 44. How old are you now? I'm 50. Wow. Yeah. So I, I didn't – at 44 is when – my career turned a corner and I started selling out clubs. Uh, and then, wow. So you've only been selling out clubs for six years. Yeah. I mean, I have, I've been doing stand up for 25 years. Wow. But, uh, you know, I was making 1300 bucks a a week was like forever doing headlining, Mm -hmm. but just doing like, doing like 35 clubs a year, 40 clubs a year, maybe more. Uh, and, and doing one nighters and, I remember, I mean, I had it, I had it drilled in my head. I'm a $900 comic. I mean, I'm worth $900. Yeah, that was like yeah. drilled in your head is that, and then you go to like $1,500, $2,000. And then when I was 44, uh, just the world kind of changed a little bit. Why? It, uh, I think social media became a real marketing tool. Right. And, um, podcasting really started to turn the corner and and yeah i happen to be friends with all the biggest podcasters in the world yeah and so i got i got, I got very lucky in that sense and then my podcast kind of took off in that time and netflix uh found me and uh and i and and then i you know and then you go and then it, and, it, and then it goes so quickly i mean you say in six in six years six years to go from literally selling out a club i sold out the wilbur in boston mm. six years ago and i was blown away Ooh, yeah 1100 seats 1200 it's so, seats it's so funny isn't it i remember the first time i did a tour and the first time i ever it's a place called the canterbury gold Bankin. it's a 340 seater and i sold it out and it was one of the greatest nights in my life wow. because I just couldn't believe, you know, 340 people were there to see you. And it was one of the best gigs I'd ever done. It was the most money I'd ever earned from a gig. It was one of those kind of, yeah. ha, 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 ha. And it's so funny, isn't it? How you can remember the Wilbur. I can remember the Gulbenkian. Like those gigs where you're like, this is, this is ground zero. It's funny you say it's that. Go. I wonder if, <clears throat> I, I, I was talking to Louis CK the other day about this. And we had the same feeling. I sold out the Wilbur and I wasn't supposed to sell out the Wilbur. I had 
I had, I mean, like, well, I, what did it say on your ticket? Kevin Hart? <clears throat> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. We had booked it. They had booked it in, say, August for me. Yeah. For January, the end of January. And I wasn't tracking to sell it out at all. Right. And um, I had a story go viral. Is that the machine? Yeah, the machine went viral over over the holidays, yeah. over Christmas. And and I happened to be doing a weight loss challenge with my buddy Tom. Yeah. And and we and we were doing the results three days in a row on Rogan. And this is just you know that perfect storm of mm. everything collides at once. And then January like second, January fourth, the Wilbur sold out, and I went wow. And then I got back there, and I, this is what I was talking to Louis about. I was backstage at the Wilbur. The place is like going crazy. And I was by myself. And I was like, I don't have anyone to high five. Like, I don't, I just did yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really have anyone to like celebrate with. Yeah. I go, I guess this. And it, there's a weird deflating feeling when you're like, you're like, way to go, big guy. Yeah. You did it. I mean, yeah. like, and you know, I'd done all these marketing things to try to help sell the Wilbur. And, yeah. But I, I find, I find it being, I find it even in your most, I really, really, really search for the flavor of appreciation in great moments, like where I like Dublin. Dublin was a really great Where'd show. Where did you do? Uh, uh, Vicar Street or the arena? I don't know. I don't know. Where did I? Well, Conor McGregor's place. Same place, Conor McGregor. I ran into Conor McGregor, and he goes, "We both sold out the O2." Okay, yeah. So it's the arena. Yeah. O2 or. Yeah, yeah. three maybe it's the three three, it's the, oh, three yeah, yeah. he goes oh mate we both sold it out and i said yeah but i when i got done that show it was in it was maybe one of the craziest shows i've ever done in my entire fucking life and i get done and it's a, and it's a standing ovation that i think i you get i get a lot of them but that was one i really earned yeah and i close my eyes and i try to rem, feel that feeling yeah man. so that i can remember it because then and this is what louie and i were talking about was that it's hard to remember those moments. Yeah, man. The moments you re remember the weird ones. But you have to force yourself. Like, weirdly, a friend of mine who uh, was my direct... I did a travel show with my mum for, like, five... We did five series, and our sound guy was a bloke called Joe Maggio, right? An American guy. He was brilliant, and it was we had this kind of bromance he was kind of older he was my he was like a father figure i just we just clicked so when we weren't when me and mum weren't filming me and him would go off and we were in like thailand and india and korea and japan he was just the best you would love him lives in new york and when i got married he came on my stag do which is like a bachelor party he came to vegas and he tried to keep up with all of my cousins who were younger and he ended up in a wheelchair that night and because we played football and then got drunk, but he persevered on. We were pushing around in this wheelchair and he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I could do with the seat. He flew back to New York, felt really strange and was like, I've got to go to the, the hospital here. And he texted his family saying that he loved them. He went to the hospital. He had a pulmonary embolism, which is like a blockage that was on its way to his heart. He was rushed into the hospital. He was given the last rites by a priest which he amazingly, he ushered him away like that, which is one of the most badass moments. Now, he had always wanted to do stand-up, so I knew I was doing the New York Town Hall. Um, a year later, after this happened, I said, go and do some open mics in New York, find your feet, and come and do five minutes before me. So that's what we did. And he came on stage, he said, have you got any advice? And I said, you have to be there. <laughs> 
because this will never happen again. Yeah. And he literally walked on stage, went, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Joe Maggio. And it's big roar. And he just, I could see him just go. And he took it in. Oh. And then had a great show. And then at the end of the night, I kind of told the audience what happened. And then it was like, yeah. went bananas. But you're so right. Those, you have to really force it and try and just feel it because otherwise you can't because your brain, you know, we're in stand up, such a fight or flight thing, isn't it? That you don't have those moments to go, this is going great because you have to be thinking about the next ball to mm -hmm. pop, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Even, even when, like in a special, when you're doing well, when you're filming. Oh, you can't enjoy a special. No one, yeah. has anyone ever enjoyed a special, do you think? I bet uh, even Richard Pryor. I I I'm, I I know that I've had one special when I did Secret Time. I yeah. fucking bombed my first show. Right. And I had murdered this set so much, and on my second show, I was a lot of pressure on me, and I went and uh, I went and I got to a certain point in my set, and I was like, "This is going really well." This is going really, really yeah. well. If you don't fuck this up, you might have a good special. Yeah, right. But it wasn't until <laughs> I got to the very, very end. I couldn't, I didn't want to, you don't want to like count all your yeah. eggs, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I got to the very end, I said my last line and I put the mic down. I was like, I did it. That's the moment where you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, <clears throat> I ran off stage and I hugged my agent, but I hugged him so quick. He thought I was going to hit him. <laughs> I was like, we did it. We did it. And But yeah, those moments, because you're like, you don't, there is an energy if you start start like sucking your dick too fast, you then they feel it. God, that's a, that's a good sentence. Yeah. <laughs> if you suck your dick too fast, they feel it. I had a good. That's, a, a, good that's a great title for a. Uh, that's what your next special should be called. I and had, it's you looking quizzical. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great line I said the other day. We were talking about we were talking about a comic. I wish I could remember who it was. We were talking about a comic, and I said. Oh, don't suck your own dick and try to tell me it's yoga. Like I love phrases that feel like they've been around forever. Yeah. But they're so you like that sounds like the thing my mum would say if my brother complained about broccoli instead of carrots. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, don't suck your own dick and tell me it's yoga. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's like stop your nonsense. Yeah. But I yeah. love that. I love Yeah. So what was your what was your the trajectory of your career? Were you did you <clears throat> You started at 20? So I, start, I started- Were you at, in college? Yeah. So I started at the university. Where'd you go to school? I went to Bristol. Oh so, yeah. Right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So I went, I did economics and I used to kind of just do gigs. So, you know, that thing, first time I did an open spot, I was like, right, this is me. Mm -hmm. And then kind of just did it all the way through uni and then uh, came to London and just open mics and- And who's in your class? Do I, I don't know. I, I know the most sporadic- British comics. Who do you know? So I, I could say their names and I'll tell you. I know Steve Hughes. Steve, yeah, yeah, he's Australian. Yeah, Australian. Uh, no, yeah, he's yeah, Australian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Steve. I, I mean, Jim Jeffries, Jim, obviously. Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know that many British comics. Who else? <laughs> Who else? You Jimmy know? Carr. J Jimmy is English. Yeah. Um, but uh, like uh, Andre, Andre, no. uh, what's Andre? His Andre brother? Vincent. Yeah, Andre Vincent. Hey, you know Andre? Yeah, I know yeah, yeah, Andre yeah. and yeah, his yeah. brother Brett. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So the so I I I guess Alistair Berry. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, hold on. I know. I knew a bunch. I did some tours. I did some stuff over here. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger. Yeah. Um, but I and I and I, and I know like uh, Kai, uh, and. Uh, some, some they're, they're Scottish comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know okay. some of them, but uh, 
So I, I guess I, in terms of people you know, I came up with, so the class ahead of me was um, Daniel Kitson. Uh, I know Daniel Kitson. Daniel, yeah, uh, John Oliver. I know um, John Oliver. Oh, so, I know John Oliver, yeah, yeah. That's so, how you guys famous, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so John, um, I used to support John at university gigs. Uh, so that was kind of my, that was my first big break when I was probably about 22. So we did all the universities around the UK. So I used to support John and Kitson, which yeah. was sort of looking back on it. It's like, yeah, it's like opening for like- Daniel Sloss and uh, and Jack Whitehall. I yeah. know them too. So Jack yeah. would be probably sort of the year below me as it okay. were. But yeah, so we all we all kind of came up. Danny Boy, do you know Danny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Danny, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of my year group. And then, yeah, we all sort of came up together. Ed Byrne? Ed Byrne? Yeah, Ed. So Ed was, Ed was like way ahead of everybody. He was like the first sort of British comic that went, he's Irish rather. Yeah. And um, yeah. I was looking at mattresses. That's not his accent. What's an Irish accent? Do you know this joke? Uh, I, I don't, but an Irish accent wouldn't be that. Try it again. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, uh, top of the morning. Uh, I was looking at me mattresses. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's clearly it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at mattresses with me girl. And I said, that could sleep three. And that's all me said. I'm fucking this joke up. It was me and Patrice's favorite joke. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's it was a it was it's a really funny joke. I'm fucking it up, ruining it. But it, the whole premise was we were looking at mattresses, and they said the lady was like, "This is a big one." And he looked at his girlfriend. And he goes, "It could fit three, as if he's like, we should fucking get some else. run a train on someone." Run trade. Yeah, like have another dude come fuck you. I'll fuck you in the mouth. You fuck. No, that's what and that's Patrice called, and I. Yeah, that's it's called running a train. If it's, it's two dudes. Running. Oh, it's running a train. Two dudes is running a train. Two girls. Oh, running is a, threesome. a train. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Two girls is a threesome. Two dudes. That's a that that turned into a conversation with Patrice. I was one of the fucking hardest I've ever laughed. I, I don't know. I can't remember how I how this turned about. But he asked, he asked his chick if, if she'd be interested in the threesome. And she, she said, yes, yeah, she's done it before. And he was like, nice. And he's like, tell me about it. And she was like, it was two dudes. And he goes, bitch, that's running a train. They ran a train on you. You didn't have a threesome. A threesome is when it's two girls and me. It's, a, it's very misogynistic. Yeah. Anyway. It's, 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 I think what's interesting about like sort of the comics you pick up on is like that special um, elephant in the room. That's, but that's the amazing thing about kind of comedy now. It's, uh, you had a joke about that in good? your special. I love that. I love how many different skill sets you have. You are really like, if it, in an MMA scenario, you're a kid who started in Taekwondo, learned jujitsu, but now you're a legit boxer. That's, I mean, it's the quick, easiest way to say you have a, a ton of skill sets in what you do. That's very sweet. It's, it's, I'm English. It's difficult to respond to compliments. Well, but, but that's very nice. You go, so go back to what you were saying. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no, but it's that thing of like, I think that's what I love. So at the minute, we live in this sort of golden era of stand-up. It's everywhere. Whereas when we were kids, mm -hmm. it was that, so I'm 43, it'd be that thing where you go. God, you look good. Thanks, man. But um, it was that thing that you had to find it. You'd have to go to a record shop. You'd mm -hmm. have to get it, and you'd sort of like you get Arizona Bay, or you get like Arizona Skin Bay. Like, Arizona That's Bay is one so of the funny. greats, man. As you said that, I that is the one album I was looking for when I moved to New York. Yeah, man. And I got it, and it was fu it's fucking brilliant because it's so sick. Like the thing about Hicks is that everyone focuses on like the anger. That's such a silly like that route. The routine about hooligans or the. Um, 
The, the crucifix is not oh, one the crucifix. Yeah, you know goes, what I mean? goes, I don't, I'm not sure if that's the first thing he's going to want to see when you get there. Exactly. Oh. But it's just, it's <laughs> kind of. Do you think JFK's mom, Jackie's like, oh, he's shot under the head? Yeah, man. But it's it's kind of playful that whole special. It that, and I think that's what I can't remember the point of this, but it's that thing of like someone like Patrice or like. I came to Bill Burr quite late. I hadn't, see, that's the amazing thing. As a comic that had been around for ages, you know, you suddenly, I remember watching a special of his going, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he wasn't known. Like, mm -hmm. and it's, that's what's so cool is the fact that you've just, you've been to Manchester, you've been to Dublin, you've been to Amsterdam. It's such a, a weird world for us at the minute that, that we can not only do gigs in our own country, but I, I can do a gig in New York and I can yeah. have my dying mate open for me. <laughs> but yeah. like, and, yeah. it, and it's fun and it's kind of, I don't, I don't subscribe to that idea that things are tough at the minute. I was thinking about like Lenny Bruce and Lenny Bruce performed in the fifties at burlesque clubs. So he followed naked women. That's a difficult gig. Like, yeah. have you ever said anything that you think is more entertaining than a naked lady? The no. machine is a great story. <laughs> But I guarantee you could be two minutes through that and somebody would be like, can we bring the, the naked lady back on? But, but do you know what I mean? I think yeah. we can kind of get caught up in, oh, it's, it's, it's really tough. And, but it really isn't, man. I it's, don't think, it's kind I think of it's glorious. The, I, think it's the, I think it is the, I think when they look back at comedy, this moment in comedy will be the best comedy's ever been, ever. Uh, and it's I, banging, and, man. And yeah. I think it's because there is the... I, I say this, I say, I'm hesitant to say it at all because I, I don't technically subscribe to the idea of cancel culture as a, as a real thing with yeah. comedy because I think great comedy stands in the face of it yeah. and puts a flower in the gun as Abs a hippie kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think it makes, I think the idea that, that people do subscribe to it, that there's a group of people that believe it and, and are, are, trying to cancel things, I think that makes comedy so much fucking fun. Oh, I love that I, phrase as well, though. Fl that, like, flower in the gun is just the perfect... That's that's what the best joke about something um, difficult is. It's a flower in the gun, and you go, okay, well, that's that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just... What was your joke you said you won't like? Oh, the Michael Jackson joke. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, I, I, I love... I love... But that was true. Again, that's sort of true. It's like, I meant, like, there's no way my mum would have let me go to Neverland. Yeah. Just just wouldn't have happened. And I, I would have been desperate to get there. You oh, know, yeah. but- Oh, by the way, yeah, I would have let him molest me. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but yeah, but that's the thing. It's just like, I don't know. It, I, I just really, I don't know. I just love writing jokes. It's like the minute trying to, I'm in this sort of process of writing a special, writing a new set, and it's just the best. You know, when you're just trying oh. to, but you know that thing where you just kind of- It's mine right here. Yeah, right, man. Oh, it's, I, it, yeah, the, I, no, I know. I, I'm curious, how do you go about it? Because I feel like I, I feel like I, I'm somewhat planting seeds on a beach where yeah. I go, I don't think these will ever fucking grow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, wait, is that? Oh, shut up. Yeah. So how do you go? Like you're working on a new hour. What do you, you feel like a guy, like you strike me as, as like a, a guy like, um, like for big, not for big, like uh, John Mulaney. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like very fucking smart, very fucking funny, smarter than like, just like, Almost like you and Mulaney strike. I, that's what I thought the entire time was like, oh, this this is like you. They're both better at this than I am, and they're just. It, this is all coming naturally to them. Yeah, I I find stand up relatively, like I find be 
who is it? I was talking to Tim Minchin. I think it's that thing, and you definitely have this. And it's, it's that thing that the longer you've been going, when you're talking to an audience, your brain kicks in where you're like, fucking know, you better say something funny now. Yeah. And it, it's, it's that. If you're kind of calm enough, you'll find it. So when you tell a story, the jokes will naturally come. Mm. But you've just got to go, you've got to have the courage to go on with the seed and say, so for example, I've got this thing which has no end, but I think it's so funny and I can't figure it out. But when we were kids, our mum announced one day that we needed to get our dog, Jess, pregnant. And so as a family, we went down to this farm after school and I was 12 and my brother and sister were 10 and we watched Jess get like nailed <laughs> by this farm dog. And it was like, I don't know if you've ever seen dogs, but it's like Beauty and the Beast is a vicious lie. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Lady in the Tramp, rather, it was, there was no spaghetti. It was like, you know, it was, like, but it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, and it was like harrowing. And then we sort of drove home. Harvey Weinstein looked like a fucking Mate, prince. <laughs> it was really, and the, but the, I really remember the farmer started making small talk with me. So he's like, so how's school going? And I'm like, well, not great. Obviously I'm, I'm not going to be able to, but and we're driving home and, and uh, mum's like, so, so, but it was like, it was like that scene in the big Lebowski, you know, when they're all kind of there with the in and out burger, we're all kind of yeah. sort of just utterly shocked. And mum's like, so what's everyone want for tea? Oh. And, and I was like, we've got anything that makes your memory go. So is that, and that's kind of, but, but that's, kind of where it ends yeah but i but it's so at the minute it's too weird for people so it just needs oh, i've got no. but, but you know the thing where you've yeah. got a it has to have a that like in terms of when you're working out stuff you've got stuff that's really easy oh, to that's, digest oh, i but wish it's i had so, that joke i wish i had that joke i wish i had that joke oh that's so fucking great but we it's so funny when you see stuff like oddly it's funny you mentioned Melanie. i went to watch him the other day with my friend um, was he here? Out. Yeah, he was here Wednesday. I've never seen him live before. Oh, and shut he was up. unbelievable. But it's it was really great. But it was a friend of mine said what he loves about stand-up, he loves it when it's ambitious and finished. And I just think that is like none of us are there, are we? But that's where we all want to get to. Yeah. But that's why you don't need to make notes, but you want to make notes because we all know deep down that we've got this, you can feel it on the tip of your tongue. You can feel this perfect thing that kind of illuminates the world and makes everyone laugh. And it's, if there's a better way of doing life, I haven't found it. Like, no. but do you know what I mean? It's that thing, yeah. but you can literally go to a room and have a thought and say it and it explodes and, and then it's forgotten. It's, it's just, it's a freaky superpower, isn't it? Uh, and then you yeah. kind of go back to your normal life. And that's kind of tricky to readjust. And then you kind of enjoy your normal life and then, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, God, that's, I'm. What's the, what, so you must have loads of stuff like that because you remind me of my friend Richie that, but you, is it that thing because they're stories? Do you find yourself having run out of, is that the fear that you've kind of run out of stories or do you know? Well, what I mean? yeah, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, my fear isn't, uh, so we, uh, this sounds really crazy, but there was a period of time where my wife would schedule vacations so I get material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be like, I think we need to go to Bali. And I'm like, for real? She was like, yeah, I think taking the girls snorkeling, that would be pretty funny. 
And I, and I mean, we, I mean, we, I was, it was anything where we, does, where does that end though? It just, it ends with you wearing your trunks, going out into the night, just yeah. camo yeah, on, yeah. just like, I got, I need to get mugged. Oh God. And so we, that was, I mean, my thing now, my, where I'm, where I'm at a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a wall is Georgia's in college. Right. So any event I have is just me and Isla. And Georgia was the, was kind of like the pro- producer of comedy. Mm. It's hard to say. Like, I, I think Isla got all the jokes in my set, in my set, but Georgia was the one that would point out the fucking lunacy of what was happening. Right. She had a really grounded perspective. I, I'm, I have a joke that I've, I've, during the pandemic, Island Island I have impulse problems, like really bad impulse problems. And Isla, I was I got I was getting I was drinking and Isla grabbed my phone and she was like, How much do you think a refrigerator costs? And I was like, Huh? She was like for, for like a baby fridge. And I go, I don't know, 150 bucks. And she goes, If I told you there were eighty seven dollars, how many would you buy? I was like, four. And she goes, Done, son. <laughs> Click some and then four fridges showed up. And the funniest <laughs> part of that whole thing was Georgia walking into the house, shit-eating grin, going, I think your package has arrived. Mom! And look at me. She goes, she is not going to be happy. Mom! And Leanne came out and was fucking, there were four fucking Tyrion Lannister-sized refrigerators sitting on our front fucking porch. And me and Isla were like, oh, sweet. But, like, Georgia was always the one who would be like, Dad, front yard, you have to see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, because Isla was this, and so, and all my material is about them. Now George is gone. Isla's sixteen. She has, <clears throat> I will say this: she has uh, definitely uh, taken control of of how uh, I represent her. She has definitely. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. like, yo, you can't say, you can't just. I like, she said some fucked up shit that I think is hilarious. Yeah, and she, and I, and she, like, there's one joke I had in the special, and she was like, you got to pull it out. She goes, I'm not going to be the one person that says that. And I go, you said it though. She goes, yeah, but I said it to you as a secret. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you're like, fuck. So I, I that's think- what makes you a good human, man, because we all know people that don't. And at what cost? That's the thing. It's like, there is not a comic alive who hasn't had a bit that is really superb, but you, like I've got a wife who's a doctor. She's told me incredible stories about patients. Like uh. incredible, but but it's it's just that thing to the point where some of them are so good, I'm like, just don't tell me. Yeah. But I will never betray oh, oh, yeah, you yeah, but, yeah. because it's, you know, it's the Hippocratic Oath and all that. But you just, do you know what, what? What? See, this is the thing. It's so funny you say about trying to, if I took hold of you to try and edit it. So instantly my brain, how old is Georgia? Georgia now is 18. So she's 18. So basically if you were to tell the audience, you're like, I feel like I've lost my, kind of cornerstone because she was there and the problem is you can replace many things in life but it's not like you can just wander up to a 17 year old and go yeah i need a 17 year old no 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 yeah. it's not like that yeah i just need you to watch me <laughs> and say funny things about ma you know what yeah. i mean but it's there's something really funny about like losing that and how you can never get it back and yeah you, like do you know what i mean it's sort of that there's such an interesting dive into clearly there's there's a show about it's funny what you miss that you think it would be the hug you think it would be the kiss you think it'd be a chat yeah. what you miss is an accomplice yeah or or, or or somebody to chide you or do you know what i mean it's kind yeah. of i remember isla's birthday one year i got 
we ended up getting her an exotic snake show. She wanted an exotic pet show. Yeah. But I had set it up that they were going to bring her favorite animals, a fennec fox. A, a fennec fox? Yeah, it's a it's a little tiny fox. It's a wild animal that you yeah. can get. They're really expensive. Yeah. There's a lady in San Diego who had fennec fox, fennec foxes. Yeah. And I was gonna. They were gonna do a wild pet show, and at the very end, they were gonna pull out a fennec fox, and then she was gonna give it to Isla as a pet that Isla could keep. And I hadn't cleared it with Leanne, and I ran it by Georgia. Georgia might have been twelve, and she looked at me and she goes, "I want you to think this through, Dad." She goes, "You're gonna give Isla a wild animal," and I went, "Yeah." She goes, "Dad, hold on, Isla." Mom wouldn't buy Isla a dog, but you're going to get her a wild animal. And I go, yeah. And she goes, have you run this by mom? I said, no. And she goes, I would definitely run it by mom. I go, no, mom will kill it. And she goes, because dad, we don't want a wild animal in this house. And I go, Georgia, why are you being such a fucking square? I go, it's going to be fun. And she goes, and I go, worst case scenario, we we don't have, it doesn't work. We just give it back to the lady. And she goes, okay, now you're going to give her a wild animal and then take it away from her. And I'm like, arguing with a 12-year-old. I, I remember having arguments with Georgia where I go, hey, we're going to Tom and Sandy's tonight. She's like, I think we should take the night off. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're fucking 12. You don't tell me we're not going out tonight. I mean, the, the kid, I, I ended up talking to her on the phone last night for an hour. Weird as fuck. Like, she called me out of nowhere. We talked on the phone for an hour. But yeah, I think I'm missing this kid in my life. And I'm having a hard time creating because I could create with all these characters that all had voices. You've lost, you've lost Jiminy Cricket, man. But you've lost your conscience. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's it's that thing of like, that's an amazing relationship to kind of to, to have literally given that you are something of a cannonball. Yeah, to to have this this kind of ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ooh, it's just just and that that person is your <laughs> child. Oh, like, but it's so funny that and now she's at, she's at college and you should be protecting her <laughs> and you <laughs> yeah. should be warning her. But you're like, I need you to come home. Yeah. To tell me no. But the, do you know what I mean? There's so much, I don't know, like, that's what I mean. I find family so... Uh, your family fascinates me. Yeah. I, I'm dying to hear this fucking... I can't wait for your next special to hear this fucking dog fucking story. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll get it in. And oh, it's, it's going to be... I, that, I'm, I'm jealous. Immediately, I'm jealous that I never took a dog to go fuck another dog. <laughs> and that is, that, that is so rich for me. That is so rich. Yeah. That is so... Fucking rich. But it's the randomness of it. It just, it wasn't planned. And this is pre-internet. So it's not like, you know, it was arranged. <laughs> it's like, she hasn't like emailed somebody. Why it's, did your mom want the dog to get pregnant? I have no idea. But it was like this <laughs> impulse thing. But she must have, like, it must have been like a notice board at a supermarket, you know, and just, and it was where I delivered my papers. I had a paper round. So I would deliver, and it was a weird farm as well. It was like, yeah. and there was a bloke that lived around the back that used to have like porn all over his house. So it was like a real no-go area. And then we pull up on this sort of dusty track and you're like, this this, this is not the place. God. And um, yeah, but she had six lovely pups. Really? And what did you sell them? Yeah. No, no, we gave them away. Gave them away and then we kept two of them. And um, one of them uh, jumped out of uh, the family car. And well, lost an eye, but that's um, it? survived until he was nine and then died. And my mum said when he died, age nine, because my mum and dad had a villa in Spain. She said, he, he made it to Spain and there's not many dogs that could say that. <laughs> and we had a funeral for him. And um, 
it was yeah I, like something about I, weirdly i really like funerals that sounds really creepy but i what i, I love I about like them, them too. is they i like them a lot they rem, they remind you of how lucky you are to have the blood of the same people in there you know what i mean you're so oh, proud yeah. you're proud to belong you know and it's like even at my my nan and granddad's funeral they died very close to each other so the first time my cousin suicide pact <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah but that's what i mean it's that like yeah. that but that's the joke hey eh? it's that's but that's the brilliant thing about stand-up that you just go there will always be a way of you put you yeah. you knew the tension needed popping yeah she so popped it but so yeah so my granddad died and it's very sad and we're all there and at the corner of my eye i see my cousin Stuart. And Stuart is wearing a leather jacket. And it's like a it's like an 80s leather jacket. And yeah. everyone's like, you know, sad and looking over. And we're carrying my granddad. And my brother said, Nice jacket, Stu. That was all he said. And you know that thing where we just there was just no one laughed. Yeah. But there was kind of a wobble. And um and we we put granddad down and then my nan a few months later and again he rocks up with the same fucking and it's that moment yeah. of like <laughs> sort of togetherness in the sadness yeah that and it's i don't know I, I think families are such a rich vein of laughter and sort of togetherness and yeah, it, they're uncomfortable and yet they're interesting and i just love blending that with the real world and sort of smushing it together and do you know what i mean yeah my my my, my grandmother's funeral they had a slideshow of all these pictures and the slideshow maybe it, it maybe it took like uh 10 minutes to play out and then it would repeat and all the pictures they posted of my sister annie were from her fat phase right. as, at, at like 13 when she yeah. when she had, was overweight yeah and my sister Cotty. <laughs> Cotty's like the funniest out of all of us without a doubt yeah, Cotty yeah. is the funniest my sister Cotty is um <laughs> every time they show a picture of Annie, she'd be like, oh <laughs> and, and we're at a funeral and and <laughs> they they keep coming up and then it repeats and it starts off. It repeats the first picture is a picture of Annie fat. And Annie just goes, Who put this slide? <laughs> but we were sitting at that funeral. I had, I had a really see, I find moments. Sometimes I get tripped up. But what time do you have to get out of here? By I'm the fine, way? man. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm okay. I get, sometimes I get tripped up in what I find to be really rich moments that I'm looking for the comedy in, but they are like at that funeral, I cried. And my dad pulled me aside and he said, Don't fucking cry. And I was like, What? He was like, Don't fucking cry. He was like, You're a man. Fucking pull it together. I was like, What? And he goes, Your daughters are sitting right there. They're going to watch you cry. And then. They don't have a leader. So fucking swallow it. Swallow it. He goes, what are you so sad about? I go, she's, grandma died. And he goes, she lived a great life. She's 87 years old. This is what you want. You should celebrate her life. Be happy for her. And then I tried saying, I was like, yeah, but she doesn't look happy in that box. He's like, my dad goes, are you fucking retarded? Do you want her smiling? Do you want, did you want them to have her smiling in that box? Do you have any idea? How awkward that be? He goes, pull it together. Fucking keep it together. So at the end of the funeral, everyone leaves. My dad and my uncle Jerry grabbed me and they pull me aside and they go, come on. I go, what? And they go, say goodbye to grandma. 
And then the three of us go, and I watch these two grown men cry. Like, they all that shit they held in through there, it just... <gasps> and it was the most uncomfortable moment I've ever had in my life. I always try... I always have moments like that where I go, it's so rich with information. It's so rich with experience. I just... Then I go, do, do I lose it by trying to add levity? Do I lose the... Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I... Yes, I see what you mean. It's, yeah, it's such an interesting thing. It's like when things really matter to you, there's something tricky when they become routines. And then you go, oh, this this routine is really funny, but it it isn't um, it isn't the truth yeah. somehow. But you know what I mean? But, it's the, but that story is so, see, I think that's such a funny examination of being a man. It, but, but also it calls into question, it's, I was thinking like with your nan, you're like, geez. So there must have been statistically people that have died in in a happy state. So then the funeral directors must have like looked at like an old, let's say an old lady died having sex and she she's like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> yeah. They must have had to kind of put the, like there's so much kind of comedy, physical comedy in that moment of like, when your dad's like, are you out of your fucking mind? But that's such a yeah. funny scene. Just the idea of them trying to kind or, of shut the eyes and make her or, yeah, or the, like, her hands a, are like that of like we've got a friend who has a resting bitch face right and how are they going to fix that in a coffin yeah like yeah, she's yeah. just gonna be how like, miserable is she gonna look dead yeah yeah fuck man <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by lumen lumen is a skincare brand for men with products that keep your face clean while helping reducing the signs of aging hmm you know, I never cared about aging. I never cared because I was young. And then all of a sudden you start noticing your aging and it's like a foot's in the grave. And to take that foot out of the grave is fantastic. And you can do that with their anti-fatigue essential bundle, which includes products like Dark Circle Defense, a daily dose of the best under eye cream. Dude, check out my under eye game right now. Looks awesome, right? It's because I used the defense this morning because I was going to do Rich Eisen. Charcoal cleanser, you can't stop using. You got to stop using that harsh, dirty bar of soap on your face. Their skin detoxifying charcoal cleanser removes grime while keeping your skin's pH balance. This exfoliating formula helps oily skin, removes dead skin, excessive skin, and <laughs> repairs damaged skin. Their moisturizing balm built to target dullness and dryness. Your face will feel more hydrated while looking more refreshed than ever. And their exfoliating rub, the non-irritating, less abrasive exfoliant with a combination of charcoal and green tea, deeply cleanses the skin, removes dead skin, and brightens uneven skin. Thousands trust Lumen with their skin because it just works. It has over 5,000 five-star reviews. Lumen's so confident that their product will work, they're offering a 30-day free trial. Getting started is easy. Go to lumenskin.com, take their two-minute online quiz, and they will recommend the right product for your specific case. Birdcast listeners get a free gift with the code BERT. Take them up on that, guys. Working long hours and traveling a lot can make you look tired. Lumen can help reduce fine lines and eye bags. Okay, so that's why I think you're, that's what I think you're so good at. Because I get stuck in the moment as opposed to looking at the moment and analyzing how I could turn that moment into a bit yeah. and spin it out. I, I get stuck in the, I get stuck in the fucking truth of the story. I, I think I get stuck in the, the truth. Yeah, because I because so often a story I tell is true that I go well if I if I veer too off I yeah. lose it. Yeah, yeah, but 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 so it's sort of it's about like not losing the truth. 
but sort of embellishing what you know it's sort of seeing the the avenues but your dad is so funny but he's not trying to be funny yeah he's generally going you're out of your fucking mind yeah but it's so funny that he's opened up this world in which you go geez man yeah what what do they do if she dies happy or ha like what is they must have looked to the face and just gone fuck man it's not she, i don't know it's just there's a smirk yeah. or there's it's just a guy going oh, no a little yeah yeah, that's, too yeah happy. that's what exactly yeah, yeah. that's what i mean of like no uh like it it oh man, but that's what i mean but you but you don't lose the the truth of it but that's <laughs> but that's what i mean about courage you right just before she died we were all in the hospital and my dad and my uncle were both holding it together this i don't know why i'm thinking of this this is this but this is the funniest thing that happened over that period I was doing radio with my buddy Cowhead. My dad called me and he goes, "Grandma's dying." Cowhead, yeah, Cowhead. Fine, yeah. let's just yeah, let's just move beyond that. Why and is I it, go, are we allowed to ask? Yeah, he's, right. got, he's got a large head. <laughs> okay, and so he goes, "Grandma's dying. You need to come over to the hospital." So I go, "Okay." So I go over, and for whatever reason, I was, I deny, I deny the immediate, I, I deny the drama in in really traumatic moments, and I and I come in very level headed. And I go, how's everyone doing? My dad and my uncle are standing by windows, right? And they're and as they're crying, they're taking turns putting their faces in the curtains to cry. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. And I I go over to my grandmother and I go, Grandma, how are you doing? She goes, My back hurts. No one will rub it for me. And I went, I'll rub your back, Grandma. So I start rubbing her back and I go, I think one of your tissues fell behind your back. And she goes, It's my skin. And my dad has his head in the curtain. He goes, <laughs> peeling skin off her back, thinking it was a tissue that had fallen apart. And I was like, huh. And my dad and my uncle are taking turns crying and gagging, just, huh. But, but again, it's, but it's, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's sort yeah. of, but, but I, what, and stuff like that, it's so true. Everyone's been in that kind of moment of sadness and happiness and, yeah, you know that kind of weird like it's such an odd feeling of like of love and disgust yeah at that dirty old back yeah you know yeah it's so fucking weird that you you adore her more than anything and yet in this moment you're like oh god <laughs> you know it's so funny but that's that's what i mean it's like i love those kind of forever funnies yeah. you know because that isn't about kind of politics or it isn't about anything it's just about this the, this sort of pure and, and also it's so vulnerable and funny and I, I, whenever anyone's an expert I find it quite frustrating do you know yeah. like, this is the way it is yeah. there's so much more comedy and oh god how, how do you how do you peel your nan off yeah you know or, or, and if she you know oh man what, what do you do you find how is political comedy in the in the UK it's it's pretty um is everyone pretty much just liberal here? No, no. Well, Brexit. So there was a lot of... Oh, fucking... Bre I never had an opinion about Brexit until I fucking crossed the border yeah, in Paris. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. But I think I think what it is, is that it's just, it's, we're like a mini state. So, so things have got kind of um, monetized and uh, exploited. So same as anything, find angry people, tell them you understand their anger, find somebody to blame and walk away. And that's kind of what happened with... Brexit or it's what's happening with, you know, kind of refugees or anything like that. So we're sort of politically, that's what's going on at the minute. And this, this country is knackered. Like we're, 
were in real shit. So, but <coughs> there's still this weird sort of stoic kind of, well, we need to make Britain great again, you know? So mm. we've kind of got a bit of that, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I didn't find your stand-up very political at all. No. I felt, and I, I avoid... It's light. Like, it's it sort of mentions it, but it's like, it's sort of like, it was like an assessment of like how Boris Johnson did. But I, just, you know, it's so, it's so funny. You, what's so interesting about your act is that you brought up so many different prime ministers and leaders yeah. that I had never fucking heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know who Boris Johnson was. Right. Yeah, where he was. And, and I don't know what he looks like, but I have an idea what he looks like. Wow. Tw- 20 seconds. Yeah. I, I was like, I pictured a mini Winston Churchill. Do you know what he, do you want me to show you what he looks like? Please. I will find you. I didn't even know who the fuck that was. That's what? how little I know about politics. I mean, this is going to, this from from an impression that I've done of Boris Johnson. Um, that was a great callback too, by the way. That's him? Yep. Oh, Jesus. You weren't, you weren't anticipating that? No, I did not expect that. Go. Okay. Does that make more sense? Oh my God! Dude, and he runs. Yeah, yeah. He's the prime minister. Yeah, that is the correct response. He 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 was. We've had two since. So we've had we've had three and six months. We're going through leaders like. Wait, Pete, you, do you have three and six months? Three and six. We're going through leaders like Pete Davidson going through women. Um, it's. An <laughs> I think he takes more time with them. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had Boris Johnson, um, and then we had a lady called Liz Truss, who was in charge for forty days. And cost the economy thirty billion. What? Because she was she went full libertarian, and it didn't work out, and the banks went against her. And now we have a bloke called Rishi Sunak, who Joe Biden called him uh, Rashid Sunuk. Um, and it, it's Biden. it's a real moment where do you know what? this is what blows my mind about America? Like, because I, I I love it, I really love it, and you love America. I really do. Like. Yeah. I just, it's, you can't help but love it. If you grew up in England, it's kind of Americana and the films. And, and then when you get to gig there, it's just unbelievable. Like stand innovations. When, when you arrive, yeah. what the fuck? Dude, like, in dude. Like, it, it's I amazing. Gotta, I, if I, I, if I could afford you, I'd bring you out on uh, fully Mate. loaded. We do yeah. baseball state, baseball stadiums are the fucking best. Do you, is that like, uh, you've got decent sort of sound system. It's like when the, Be- oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, when the Beatles system. did Shea stadium and it was going through the transistors. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, it is one of the funnest things because it's a big hang. So it's every comic that you've... I mean, the, the greatest is you're sitting there with the the best comics working, watching mm. your favorite comics. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so you're... so And like, for me, Georgia and her friends all are PAs. They, they all come oh out and they God. help. And so they get on a tour bus. We'll have... This year, we'll probably have four tour buses. We'll, we'll probably fly private. We're doing four weeks... Um, Two in June, two in July. Yeah, yeah. And uh and we're gonna and but it's just it's just great comics with great comics. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. the funnest fun and we do activities during the day. So like last year we went to uh Churchill Downs and watched horse races and then did a show in their arena that night. We got IVs. Like it's really <laughs> like I throw a lot of money at making sure the experience for the comics is the best you can ever have. And do you host? No, I I close it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Fuck. So I close it. I do. Everyone does. It's really set up for everyone to murder. Yeah. So yeah. like I tell everyone, just do kind of do fifteen like I, twenty. I, I, yeah. I go do whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you feel like you're killing the hardest, kill. And everyone got so comfortable. We did Thunder Valley. Thunder Valley is a raceway, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we set up a stage on the fucking drag track. 
that they all they're sitting in all the stands where they would watch drag races. Yeah, yeah. And it's in a valley, and Shane Gillis goes out and starts singing Rocky Top, and they start pounding. Dead old Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee, and they start. They take over the song, and they're pounding on the stands. And it is, I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about it, but Shane Gillis realizes he's done something he has no control over. And there's like looking off stage, like, is anyone watching this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, Joey Diaz came out with us and Joey Diaz would get the biggest standing ovation walking on stage that, and my daughters had known him growing up. They, yeah. He's an uncle, literally an uncle to them. And they had never seen him do stand up. And Joey's stand up at the time was the fucking, I mean, and then he just goes on, ah, man, and Georgia and Isla are very woke. And they're yeah. like, what did he just say? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, that's what he does on stage, Dad? Yeah. But yeah, it's fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I'll put, it, I'll put it in an offer, see if you want to do some dates. Mate, I'd be bang up You for that. would fucking love it. But I think it's, it's, what I love most is increasing. I just love traveling around doing gigs. Like, so we did, we did the States and we did Europe last year. And it was just, like we did 35 shows in 33 days in America. Whoa. And we just zigzagged, Whoa. zigzagged on a tour bus. And it was too Who much. Who are you with? Um, I'm with Gersh. No, um, no, no. I meant the comics. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a comedian called Simon Talbot, who mm -hmm. is a Danish comedian. Um, Wait, do I know him? Possibly. He's, Does he live in New York right now? Nope. There's a Danish comedian that lives in New York that everyone's fucking raving oh, about. Oh, that's Daniel Simonson. Is that? Yeah, it is yes, him. Yeah, he's... Icelandic, yeah, but yes, still so he's that guy. That's yeah, 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 yeah. He's super funny. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Like he's really good. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. Um, so yeah, it was Dan uh, Simon so Talbot. Thirty-three dates in thirty-five days. Yeah, so me, him, and my tour manager Kumar Kamalagaran, um, and yeah, we're on this tour bus, and we were driven by a bloke called Cadillac Jack, who used to drive for McCartney and Steve Martin. Really? When Martin was doing the kind of, had like photos, unbelievable guy. So we'd finish these shows and then kind of chat to him. And then he couldn't do a week of the, the uh, tour. So the replacement was a guy from Baltimore who was a homicide detective who was taking a break from his work Shut up. to drive comedians around in the dead of night. And I was like, why'd you do that? And he was just like, I gotta be alone with my thoughts, man. <laughs> and it was, you know, when you go, fuck. Yeah. So we went out to a karaoke bar and he let go of his thoughts. It was beautiful. We just had like this amazing night. What cities did you do? That was, it. Uh, we did kind DC, of- DC, yeah, yeah. so Atlanta. Didn't do Atlanta. We did, uh, we did, you know, New York, uh, Boston, Washington, Chicago, Chicago, Portland, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Portland, and then, you know. LA. Yeah. Uh, did you do in Florida at all? Nope. Nothing in the South, really? Not really. No, we just, we sort of just did like, it was lots of kind of one-nighters of just yeah. two shows a night and just on the bus and getting up. And then suddenly we're in, you know, God, it was so much fun. But, that but the would, making, that, yeah. it kind of wasn't like, you know, it, like you don't make a huge amount of money or whatever, but it's just a blast. And, uh, well, and also, yeah. it improves you as a comic because you you sort of see your culture outside, and you see how England is represented. You see how English you are. You see things that are funny, and that you know it's it's the same as like gigging in kind of Europe. You must have had this where you suddenly go in, wow, you you've got these sort of new superpowers. Uh, yeah. Uh.
No, no, but you, I, and but I know you, where, and I know my kryptonites. <laughs> no, but you, but it might, it might not be that they're funny until you get back and then go. I remember being in 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 uh, Finland and I was eating some chips and this seagull, huge thing, swam, uh, flew down to try and get one of my chips. And I kind of went like that, and this Finnish guy just grabbed the seagull and just went <laughs> like that and kind of threw it away. So I kind of went on stage and was like, you know, I'll chat about that. And there's like 2,000 people going, well, that's what you do if the seagull... And they couldn't understand how mental it was to catch a seagull, tear it off and throw it away. But that became funny. Do you see what I mean? So Mm -hmm. just having had that sort of experience made it funny. I so badly want my family meaning my sisters my parents to go on vacation with your family oh yeah and 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 that's a film and see my sisters and your brother and your sister interact and the and why because i think those are the people that define us and make us the funniest this is mark smalls he's my opener hey mark hey man how are you that's right mate. and so um i'll be honest i saw your hat and it looked like a balaclava and I genuinely was like, fuck, we're going to die here, man. Like, I saw it, but you know what? I saw at the corner of my eye, I was like, this is it. This is the moment. What's a, what's a balaclava? So a balaclava, you know, when you sort of pull it down and it's oh, just the, oh, the yeah. eye showing? Yeah. And like, I thought, saw enough shotgun. This is it. We're going to get <laughs> we're dead. like that. We're but, fucking but dead. Um, we so yeah, our families get together. Yeah, Let's I would it. love that. I would like, I, I feel like, do I you have any kids? No. You're going to have kids? I would hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I would love, I would love you to meet my brother. I want to meet your brother. And the next time I do the states, whether it is with you, which you know, if we can do, I'd I would, be well I, would up for lo- it. I would. I'm not fucking around as well. I'd be, I would genuinely be up for that. But I think my brother with you could be. I think that could go off. Ah, oh, I think it could. Too. So I'll tell you a story about him that you'll love. That this happened the other day. He kind of rang me up. What I love about him is stories go from nowhere. He never. He he. Rather than, he doesn't have a comics brain. Rather than tell you the story, the story emerges. Yeah. He has no idea why it's funny. So he rings me up. He's like, yeah, do you watch the football? So Liverpool lost to Brian. It's rubbish, isn't it? He goes, yeah. I say, yeah, it's crap. Because, yeah, um, yeah, cook one of them uh, Hello Fresh meals. Oh, chilies are a nightmare, aren't they? I said, yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean? He goes, well, I chopped it up and I just, I forgot. And I've, I went to sc- scratch my balls. <laughs> And uh, so I, I ran to the fridge and I, I poured a cup of milk and I put my balls in. And I said, why did you do that? It's like, it was the only option. Like, it was the, but, but it's so funny, the idea of him going, yeah. that. and I said, what the fuck did you do that? Why, 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 and what did you do with the milk? And he said, I put it in the Nespresso machine. And I was like, why did you do that? And he went, cost of living crisis, Russell. Not all of us are on TV. Not all of us got fucking... Money. So his ability <laughs> to get out of a chokehold yeah. where he's drinking his own fucking nut milk. Yeah. And, and I accuse him of being a monster. So he can suddenly flip it and go, oh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. I'm on TV, rich guy. Yeah. He's incredible. You can't pin him down. Oh. I remember we were doing a Zoom during lockdown with all of my cousins and it became apparent halfway through. I was like, hang on a minute. Are you in the bath? Like that, like it was with all these, all my mates. And he said, uh, yeah, you've got a wash, Russ. <laughs> like, like, as in you can't choke him. You yeah. can't, like he can be in the worst situation. He'll find a way of getting out of it. You know? oh, but yeah. My sister, Cotty is. It's a is, great name. Is that, sh- what's that short for? It's Gaelic for Katie. Really? I think. I mean, look, we're American. Nice. I don't think. I like it though. Um, she is 
she is the quickest, funniest human being yeah. I've ever been around in my life. And 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 but is she single? No, she's married. She's got two kids. She because uh, my brother's on the lookout. Oh, so that would we, it feels like we could have. Anyways. Oh yeah, no, she she they cleaned out my closet one time. Like they're, yeah. they're really good. My, my sisters are really good at. at uh, they love cleaning shit out. Like they love when you go like Marie Kondo and all yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. Well, can you come and help me organize my 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 bedside table? And they go, fuck yeah, we'll be there in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. So they help me clean out my closet. And her assessment of what I owned and what I wanted to keep, yeah. I was crying, laughing so hard. I had a pair of these shoes. They're running shoes that are ergonomically fit for your feet. So they're almost like flippers. They yeah. look like they're really wide here yeah. at the toes. Yeah. And then they they look like your foot. And it, it looks like a cell phone. And I said, and she goes, we're getting rid of these. I go, we'll keep them. And she goes, oh, really? when you're going to get really close to the wall and kiss it. And I go, what? She goes, why the fuck are we keeping these? Like, they just, just, they're the funniest. And the two of them together are so, I mean, they fucking kill me. I, but I would love, it would be the, la the last day when all the families got together and figured out their personalities and everyone started gelling together. Yeah. That would be the fucking best. Well, it's like when you have like a, a stag do or, and, you know, disparate friends come together. I like, my stag do was like that. Like, because I had, some really like my cousin Lee, who who is a cleaner in a factory. My cousin Lewis is a traffic warden. Um, I have comedians there from Australia, uh, from America. I have my friend Sam, who's my oldest friend, who is um, dressed in a cape and kind of like a Mexican, like <coughs> sort of mariachi mask. And he tells everyone whenever we're out that he's my shaman, like that just like yeah. so he'll just kind of go he, go he can't go into nando's it blocks his energy so he's a yeah. fucking weird yeah. guy and yet everyone like you know just came together i love it when that happens yeah and you sort of realize it, it that's the weird thing isn't it when you see all your friends together and you realize that you're a decent human being because all your personalities are reflected in in the kind of just the various states of your mate, and you go, I'm a bit him, a bit him, bit him, bit her, bit her, bit him. You know, do you a podcast? No, nah, I'm the only comedian in the world without a podcast. But it's because I had, uh, like, I have a TV show yeah, you and, have, and you have stand up. A, so, you have a TV show right now, right? Not at the moment. Um, but well, yeah, I, have I just, it. I watched it, I watched it online, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so we do it for like 15 weeks of the year. Um, it, from like September to December. So it's kind of like a weekly news about a uh, show about the news. And then, uh, but I'm just doing stand up. You're just on tour right now? Just about. So I'm, the tour starts 23rd of March in the UK. And then hopefully. Where are you hitting? Do you, over. Do, you do, do you do like, like I, we only, I don't, I'm curious of why we did certain cities. Mm -hmm. And I wonder when you do stand up, do you do a lot of the smaller cities and, and big venues in smaller cities? Yeah, you sort of mix it. So we do like, I've, I've, like the, I always do arenas, but this this tour I'm doing theatres for. I'm sort of there for like f five shows in in like a, th a three thousand versus like one fifteen. Five shows in three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. just like because I was doing sort of that size in Europe, and having done arenas, I just I, I kind of I like I really love those threes. Do you know what I mean they're kind of amazing yeah. in terms of like 
So I just fancied a change, really. Yeah, no, and, I, um, I'm, I'm doing arenas this year. They're amazing. Like and they're amazing. Like, it's just and exists. a lot of like, the thing is, well, it's, it's money, but a lot of comics are all like, oh, arenas are shit. It's like they're not. They're they're amazing. They're like, really fun. If you're lucky enough to be able to to be able to do them, you know, I think the only people that complain about arenas. The people that don't do them, like Arch Shafir. Yeah, all right. Like Arch Shafir. Does he not do it? Oh, I, no, he's, I, no, he's not doing arenas, and he's shit on them every time anyone ever talks about him. And now he has a fantastic hour on YouTube called Jew. Everyone should go check it out and go watch him and force him to do fucking arenas, yeah. so that he has to eat his words. He's like, actually, they're actually pretty good. But it, you, because you can, you can just get this. And the only thing that's tricky I find about arenas is you can't change the show once it's there i've n never had the bravery because it feels like it's this dum da dum da dum da dum dum da dum yeah. whereas in a 2000 you can kind of move it about but i would never open a 15 by going hey you're right what's i haven't got the skill set the ideal tour would would be uh, this is how it should work. I don't know why I just, as you said that, this is what I should do. It was what I should have done. Theaters up to arenas. Yeah, do clubs to theaters yeah. to arenas in one tour. Yeah, man. And do like, and and go small, small, small. I like, did that. Do you know, I did that. Like when I broke in the UK in 2007, we started the, so we started at the Canterbury Gombekian and we ended that tour in 2009 at Wembley Arena. So we'd literally had gone from. Wembley's 12? Yes. So we'd gone from that whole kind of, yeah. It was just mad, and then, um, yeah. I've I've suddenly got like a real wave of like, oh fuck, I've got to write my show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. Like, yeah. I was oh really no, no. Excited. That's been, that's my been, like, that's been my my entire fucking tour. I'm the the thing that's stressing me out is that when does I, the new one start? It's it's just this is it. Oh, I, right, okay. I started it here, but it, I start uh, Thursday. I'm in Thursday. I'm in. Uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, for I have two nights or maybe two shows one night. And then oh wow, Hirsch, man! Then, so you're so you're in it. I'm in it, and mate. It's Tuesday. I know. So you've like and then and that's then, that's my day. And then we're in uh, Boston Garden. Uh, that is that an arena? Yeah, it's, oh, it's where the Celtics play. Yeah, Woo. it's yeah, it's pretty fucking. It's amazing. Yeah, and then and then we're, we're doing arenas all through. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to write new material and make sure that I can have enough new material so that have if anyone's Have you me, done stuff about, is that funeral? No. Mate. Yeah, but I don't know if I can work it out at TD Gardens. No. Like, but, but you've, what are you doing tonight? Find a gig? Yeah, I hit up my agent and to see if I can get on somewhere, but uh, uh, fuck it. But I think there's, like, the point I'm making, that's dead funny, man. I'm dying to see your next hour. I'm dying to see. Well, like, honestly, I would, let's let's swap details because that's, yeah. the, that's the other thing that's annoying. Whenever I go to the US, it's kind of like I go, I normally go to New York to kind of work stuff up. Mm -hmm. You know, that, you know, that brutal week before you start touring where you go to all the smaller clubs and just eat shit. I don't know if that happens to you, but you, and yeah. you figure out something doesn't work or you're competing with chicken and they don't know who the, you are. Yeah. And it's just, and, but I never have anyone to hang out with other than. Oh, hit me up. So, well, I will, because the, like, I know uh, Dan Soda is like a mate of mine. <laughs> yeah. But he just... is a funny fucking man. Like he is like his last hour I saw it in Soho. Hilarious. He's but he's great. like my only mate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, hit but me do you know up, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's sort of that weird thing. And then the problem is that, uh, um, arrogance 
and shyness look exactly the same. Ooh. But but from from further away, so if you're sort of no, that's there, a fucking put that on a fucking t-shirt. But, that's a fucking. But it's so true that you see somebody and you're like, look at that piece of shit. But but he might just be there going, oh god, I'm a piece of shit. Why why can't you go over there and say hello? Like I saw Mark Norman that we done we did Gotham. Yeah, and um, I think he's a great comic. Yeah, but I was so nervous to go and say hello. So, but and then if I did my set and it was really good. And I went, hey man, I think you're really good. And he was like, oh, thank you. And it was, it, and I, but I realized it's like I'd spoiled that moment by not having the courage to kind of go up. But it's that deep English thing that you go, I better not have a chat because he probably thinks I'm a cunt. So oh, I'll just no. stay over no, here. Man. But man, you know what I mean? Mark it's, will be excited to know that you, I mean, Mark, uh, he's funny, man. He is he a is. funny dude. Uh, I mean, I'm um, with him, me, him, and Shane Gillis are doing the mullet arena. We're doing four nights at it. Amazing. And uh, for the Super Bowl. And then we're going to the Super Bowl together. So, wow. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm losing my ass on that fucking week. I bought, I bought them all Super Bowl tickets. And then, we're, right. and then you know, and these those guys are, those guys are, they're fucking awesome. But like, and like, I mean, just, the, it, it's a Super Bowl. So we're getting like ticket requests. Like Shane texted last night. And he's like, I think the Philadelphia Eagles want to come to a show. And I'm just looking at ticket counts going like, oh my God, 54 tickets. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's great though, right? Yeah, it's going to be a fuck. It's, it, it, that, show, that run of shows is done so that we can go to this. It's, it's meant to be a party. It's not meant to be a money grab. Um, and it's going to be... It's going to be a fucking blast, but Mark will be there. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell him. Say hello. Yeah. I will. He's a fun guy to party with. I went to his oh, bachelor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's John Manza's favorite human being. Oh, uh, yeah. He's good oh, he, but... he got him addicted to Ambien last time he was in like, England. You got him addicted or he got you? Yeah. You him. You don't look like a pusher. Oh, he is. Really? He takes a little nibble of an ambient. We were on a train going to Glasgow and from London. And Manz is like, hey, Mark, I'm going to leave on Mark. And Mark's like, ah. And then they nibble it. And then they both passed out after a vodka. And I'm wide awake on the train. And then Mark's like, I could use more of those, Manzi. So, yeah. This is what I love. Yeah. So you don't look like the guy. <laughs> oh, no. He's the guy. He's one of the most fascinating guys you'll ever meet. He was my cameraman. Like you, yeah, you, yeah. Well, this is the chat we had before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Have you nearly uh, nearly died on a stag do with some British men? Say again. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was it was a callback. I've... When are you coming to the states again? So hopefully uh, the end of the year. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So so I've got to get the the show together and then um, yeah come back. I love the fact you've got a t shirt tan. I've only just noticed it. Oh what? Look at that. So you I can see that you're tanned up to there and yeah. then nothing there. Yeah. But that is. Just so quintessentially you. I fucking yeah. love it. But, do you know what I mean? um, but yeah, let's do let's do details. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, this is a blast. Mate, you're, I really enjoyed you're that. Honestly, fucking that the funniest one, fucking eh? dude. Funniest fucking dude. Right back at I you, man. love your special. I I'm 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 now gonna go back and watch all of them. Cause I saw the one the one I saw was within the with the t shirt. Yeah. I fucking loved it, man. There's a lot of t shirts. It's a pleasure man, to, it's a pleasure to have sat down with you. Thank you and for doing you, this. And you man, I really enjoyed that. Thank Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by the machine.